are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today I'm going to be speaking on, I've taken the, the title from a portion of the scripture that I'm reading, the same spirit of faith. It's found in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, rather, uh, verse fourteen and chapter fourteen, verse thirteen. Chapter four, verse thirteen. There we go. The Bible says, "When you get a wife, you've found a good thing," and I really did. Amen. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, this was written in in the Psalms, and what is written in the Bible is, I believed, and therefore I spoke. And Paul says, we also believe, and therefore speak. That we is every born-again Christian, every man and woman of faith. We speak the word of God. I want us to look today at some examples of people who have walked in great levels of faith simply because they understood this important faith principle. What do I believe? What do you believe? Do you believe the promises of God? Do you believe that the Bible sa- as the Bible says, all the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe? Man, when we can get that down into our, our soul, in our inner man, when we can really believe that from the depths of our spirit, Nothing is impossible for us. Some of us find ourselves speaking doubt and unbelief more than we find ourselves making faith declarations concerning what God is able to do in and through us. We must believe in God and his word in order to grow in faith. The Bible is our source of faith. If we do not base our faith upon the word, all we have is positive thinking. And positive thinking is good. It's good to be positive. But you can, you can be positive about something and still not going to change anything. But if God said it will happen, then it will happen. If you believe what God says, then that's a whole different ballgame altogether. The Bible is our source of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
We hear the word. It's preached. We read it. And it gives faith within, our, and within ourselves. By it, our faith is established. Our faith is strengthened. Our faith is maintained. And so we find that the more we are into the word of God, the more we read the word, the more we hear it taught, the more we hear it preached, the more you have it on tape, whatever way you you communicate with God's word, the stronger our faith will be. The less less time we spend in the word, the weaker our faith. And even those of us who have read the Bible from time to time, probably gone through it a number of times, if you let up on the word, you'll find that you will begin to forget some of the precious promises that God has given us. And you become weaker in faith. By declaring or simply speaking what we believe, we will actually reinforce our faith and release it in a manner that gets results. In Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now that's not just me saying that. I'm reading that just as it is in the Bible. That's what Jesus said. Therefore, Jesus goes on to say, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Man, that's powerful. Now, you need to know the whole word of God, don't you? Because if you just take that and you say, okay, Jesus said whatever, and so I'm going to pray for a Cadillac. You know, I'm going to pray to live in Hawaii for the rest of my life. You know, we could be going off on a tangent and going astray. But God has put everything in his word to, in such a way that we will not go astray if we follow the word. And so, the Bible also says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we have whatever we ask for. The key is his will. Well, then we come down to the fact, well, what is his will? Well, His will is his word. If it's not in his word, it's probably not his will. And if it's not there in black and white, if it's not there spelled out, it's there in principle. 
And so you can find it in his word. We can all apply this important principle to our own lives. By building assurance in our hearts, one of the major keys that we find is that all those who have gone before us as great heroes of faith is that they were assured in their hearts of what God was able to do. Take Abraham, for instance. Romans chapter 4, verse 20, 21, speaking of Abraham, Paul says that he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Do you believe the promises of God? Do you believe that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, as the word says, above all that you ask or think? Amen. And so Abraham felt that way as well. God spoke to him, and he believed him. Faith, belief, and confession is all, it all works together, and you must have all of these elements working in your life in order to fully uh, find your faith released in God. There are many things that God has made clear to us that belong to us in his word. It's a matter of knowing what God's will is. So it's a matter of knowing what God's word says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, or our faith, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He will not turn back on his word. In fact, the word, the Bible says that his word is forever settled in heaven. It will never change. We change. We come up with different ideas. And over the years, the things that our, our forefathers called sin, we smirk at right now and say they were so foolish, but we've become enlightened and we know the truth. Well, some of the things that our forefathers believed still needs to be practiced in our lives. We can also apply this principle by following biblical examples of men of faith. Again, let's look at the example of Abraham. God had established a covenant with Abraham through his son Isaac. Now he made the covenant with him before Isaac was born. And his son was so long coming. The promise was so long coming. And they were getting older. And, his, and Sarah was, was, was too old to have children. And, and, uh, and so, and he was, what, 100 years old or somewhere around there? And so, when he was about 90, Sarah says to him, <coughs> excuse me, Sarah says, you know, I know that God promised us this. 
but it's not going to be me. So why don't you take my servant girl, sleep with her, and she will have a, ba a baby, and he will be your heir. So Abraham thought that was a great idea, and uh, they went ahead and did it. But God says to him, my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Now Ishmael was born, and Ishmael was now about probably 12 or 13 years of age. Come over here so that I can get a little bit closer to some of you guys over here for a while. Ishmael was about 12, 13 years of age. And uh, God says, My covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Wow. You see, God never makes a mistake. Often, we decide that, okay, I know how God is going to do this. Even while we're praying sometimes, we've got it all figured out of how God is going to do it. And we're so far off in left field, it's not even funny. God had a plan. And he said, it's going to be Isaac. And Isaac wasn't even born. When God told Abraham to... Later on, now Isaac is about 12, 13 years of age, and they're going to make a sacrifice. God has spoken to him, said, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. And so they head up the mountain. They get to the base of the mountain. God told him to go and sacrifice his son, and Abraham was able to make the appropriate faith confession that released his faith because of his confidence and assurance in the covenant that God had previously made with him. God had said that in Isaac, the seed, his seed would be blessed. And so although God is saying, I want you to sacrifice your son, he knew that if that boy of 12 years of age died, God's promise would not have come true. You see, he was a man of faith. And so, they get to the base of the, of the mountain. And in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, Abraham says to, his, to the young man, he says, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Not I will come back, we will come back to you. And they're on their way up the hill, up the mountain. And Isaac is looking around. And he says, Dad, Father, where is the lamb? We've got the wood for the sacrifice. We've got the... But we don't have a sacrifice. Where is the lamb? And they're almost to the top. And Abraham says, God will provide for himself a lamb. 
two weeks' time, we're going to be celebrating Easter. But on Good Friday, God's Lamb, His only begotten Son, went up Golgotha's hill carrying the wood for the sacrifice. And that day, there was no substitute. And he allowed them to nail him on the cross. And there he died for my sin and for yours. God will provide himself a lamb. And so the two of them went up together. When Abraham was about to take the life of his only son, the son that God had promised him, the angel stopped him. And there, caught in the thorny thicket, was a lamb. And they had their sacrifice. Abraham believed God. And therefore he spoke. You and I, I'm sure there are many of you here this morning that have spoken your faith, verbalized what you believed, and stood upon it. God came true in a miracle. His confession of faith developed a, a point of God is going to do something. I don't know what, I don't know when, I don't know how, but He will. Let's look at Jonathan. Jonathan and his armor bearer. The Philistines held a stronghold from which they were launching attacks daily upon Israel. Nothing has changed much, has it? Still happening over there. Jonathan decides to take action. He begins with a confession that is based upon what he believed. He believed that the Lord was able to deliver him. So Jonathan, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. It doesn't really matter whether you're in the majority or in the minority, God is able to deliver. It doesn't matter how, how bleak the situation looks. The promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. So Jonathan's Confession of faith developed to a point of invincibility. 
His faith was, we can't lose. They go over. The men of the garrison call out to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. And that struck a chord in Jonathan's heart. And he said to his armor bearer, Come up after me. Follow me. The Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. And he won a mighty battle that day. Jonathan believed, and therefore he spoke. The Bible is full of examples in both the Old and the New Testament. Romans 1.17 says, For for in it, it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And if you are born again, you are a just person. Amen? When I said, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me. He took away every sin. He washed my heart as clean as the driven snow. And he declared me righteous. If you believe God's word, act upon that belief. Speak it. Say what it says. Say it to yourself. Because a lot of times if you say it to others who do not believe, they will try to sort of put a damper on your faith. But you can say it to yourself. You can, you can believe it. You can stand up on it. You can say, Lord, this is what your word says. I believe it and I'm not going to let go. Say what God says. Repeat it. Continue to repeat it. Believe it. Then there's the example of David. David was able to make a strong confession of faith regarding the defeat of Goliath. And we could go and spend all day talking about David and, and his exploits in faith. David talking to, to the king, King Saul, said, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He was talking from experience. Experience is never at the mercy of an argument. Anyone tells me that God doesn't heal, it's too late. I've already experienced his healing power in my life. Anyone tells me that, that, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not for today is too late. I've already received it and the power of God that comes with it and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Any te- anyone that tells me that tithing is not for today, too late. I've already experienced it. God is a God of miracles. His promises are yes and amen to those who believe. King Saul 
recognized David's confession of faith. David had a personal revelation from God. He was going from faith to faith. And every time something happens in your life, you trust God for it, and He comes through. Hold on. There's going to be another day. There's going to be another time when you're going to have the opportunity to exercise your faith again. But you can know that if God brought you through the paw of the lion, the bear, and the, and the jaws of the lion, He's going to bring you through this one as well. Because we have a God who is a mighty God, and His promises are true. David believed God, and therefore he spoke. How do I know if I have enough faith to believe God for my miracle? Simple. The Bible says I do. That's good enough for me. Jesus said that the faith Faith the size of a mustard seed is enough to move mountains. If you have enough faith to come to God in prayer to ask, to seek, if you have enough faith this morning to get up from your seat and walk down here and ask somebody to lay hands on you and pray for you, you have enough faith to receive from God. You have enough faith to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed you from all sin. You've got enough faith to believe God for anything. You have enough faith to believe that by his stripes you are healed. You have enough faith to believe God for your healing today. All this is in his word. Everything that I've said there, it's in his word. God has said it. It's not something the church has conjured up. It's not something that the the fathers of the church have come up with. It's not denominational. It's Christian. It's from God's word. And so, According to the word of God, you have plenty of faith. All you need to do now is act upon it. And you know something? The Bible says that God has given every one of us a measure of faith. Amen? Isn't that something? We need to cooperate with the healing process. There's no need to be fanatical. All you got to do is just believe it, stand up on it, and experience it. God heals in many ways, sometimes in dramatic and supernatural ways. I've seen God heal instantly, and I've seen God heal over a period of time. Sometimes in very natural ways, in undramatic ways, through rest and exercise, through doctors and psychologists, 
through surgery and medicine. Who do you think that has given mankind the technology that they have today? How do you think we've arrived to where we are? The Bible says in the last days, knowledge will increase. Where do you think it came from? It came from God. God, the Bible says that God sends his rain and his sunshine on the just and on the unjust. Keep focused on Jesus. Feed on his word. Desire his eternal purposes. I have been treated in the past nine years for heart condition, high blood pressure, High cholesterol, diabetes for over, the, over 20 years. I've been diagnosed with diabetes and taking medication for it. I haven't let these things get me down for one minute. Every day, I'm living by faith. Amen? I've got to be realistic about it. I'm not hiding my head in the sand and say, I don't have these things. It's a reality in my life. But I've got a God who's able to keep me. I can be walking on this earth and preaching for the next 20 years. Amen? But you know something else? If God decided that this is the day I'm going home, I've had a good life, and I'm just thanking God because I know that heaven is better than this. The Bible says, uh, Paul, Paul said, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And Paul said, I'd rather die. Because he understood something. He understood that God is something beautiful prepared for those who love him. For me, I'm living the Christian life to the full. I've left my baggage at the cross, and I'm free. Here's what I mean about focusing on Jesus. As Paul said, whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. And, and, uh, and he knew something that, that we all need to get. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says, But as it is written, I has not seen, Ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. I want you to know something. I have that revelation. And I think a lot of you have it too. You can't put, you can't put it in words. You can't write it all down. But you've, you know it in your knower that when I draw my last breath down here, I would never want to come back again. As much as I love Effie, as much as I love my children, as much as I love my grandchildren, I wouldn't want to come back once I get to the other side. Amen? There's an old song we used to sing. And I'm going to close now. There's an old song we used to sing one time. And it says, heaven is better than this. Oh my, what joy, what bliss. Walking on streets that are pure as gold. Living in a land where we'll never grow old. Jesus fills my life down here. But heaven 
is better than this. Amen? We've been given many wonderful, precious promises in God's Word. I believe God desires us to, to declare these things continually so that our belief system will become stronger and stronger and we can face the day with joy and thanksgiving. The healing, the blessing, the inheritance that we have in Him. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's live it. Let's speak it. Let's shout it. Let's believe it. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and we also speak. Let's everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, I want to thank you today for all of your word, and I thank you, dear Lord Jesus, that you're the one that can save, you're the one that can heal, you're the one that we're looking to, and we believe your word, we stand upon it, and we confess, Lord, that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. In the name of Jesus, amen. I trust you'll have a great week. Let the Lord bless you mightily. If you have a need in your life right now, you need Jesus as your Savior, if you need healing in your body, whatever you need, you come to God. You, you just come. We'll believe with you, and God will do the rest. Amen? The Lord bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.